Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit juvederm.com. That's j u v e d e r m.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. You are listening to the Coming Out Tapes, an audio archive of LGBTQ stories. I am your curator, Karis Bradley. So, uh, welcome to another episode of the Coming Out Tapes. This is actually the penultimate episode of the season. Wow, so that's <laughs> exciting! Um, and I'm here with uh, Carmen Ali to record um, a wonderful int- interview. This is actually full confession: the second time <laughs> that we are recording this interview because I uh, there was a like a computer like there was a technical hitch and I messed up and we didn't get the first portion of the interview so we're gonna have to redo it thank you so much for coming back to the studio that's okay walking up all these stairs um but it means that this is gonna be really polished (laughs) (laughs) no pressure um so uh, could you start by introducing yourself to the listeners hi um my name's Carmen Ali I'm a stand-up comedian and blogger and part-time occasional stripper which is also kind of part of the way that you have to come out to people sometimes um i am kinky and polyamorous and bisexual or pansexual haven't really decided yet flexisexual um and what were the other things i think that was it was, uh, <laughs> did you want to talk about asexuality oh yeah <laughs> Uh, I also just realized that I'm on the asexual spectrum because um like in terms of actual sex I don't really enjoy the mechanics of vanilla sex like the way that I'm attracted to people is kind of based on conflict which feeds in, feeds into the kinkiness um so it's like n- like 95% of what I want to do is kinky stuff and then sex is like yeah I guess if you really want to <laughs> um yeah it's kind of like if we're not going to hurt each other like what is even the point <laughs> um okay so let's so lots of words to talk about okay so let's go through all the ones that you said um because maybe not all of the listeners are familiar with um these kind of language so first one was kinky so what does the word kinky mean to you 
Um, yeah, so it just means that I kind of, I'm turned on by kinkiness. So I'm turned on by like kind of that kind of sexual tension in a conflict kind of way. So like I want us to like play chess with each other and then like tie each other up and kind of wax on each other and all that kind of stuff. So um, that's what like gets me aroused and gets me excited. Um, and do you consider <clears throat> uh, being kinky like is do you see that as part of your identity in the same way that you see the more like uh like the pansexuality and the asexuality so do you see it as being part of the lgbt kind of spectrum i don't know because like i didn't come up with the definition so i know that like some people um because i did some googling about this that some people who are kinky identify as queer but some people who are kinky don't um i don't know if like everyone in the LGBTQIA community want people who identify as kinky but um, more straight want to be in that group. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's kind of like... What would <clears throat> um, what, what do you think is the motivator for people who are kinky who... Uh, they would... So people who are, mm. for example, they identify as cisgender and uh, heterosexual. And so if the kinkiness wasn't a part of their sort of like sexual yeah. life they wouldn't consider them themselves part of the LGBT community what's the motivation for I guess because like queer? like um being vanilla is the default in the way that people think being heterosexual is the default so it's like um you kind of have to explain to someone that you're kinky sometimes or like it's like when you go to have sex like I don't know it, it's it's a conversation that you need to have sometimes in the same way that like being bi or gay or whatever is a conversation sometimes you might need to have. Do you think... Am I making sense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so like in, in the way that it's not, yeah, it's not the, yeah, what pe what most people might think is the default and sometimes it can cause issues <laughs> in dating and sex and things. Yeah, and you feel like you're kind of a bit of an outcast <laughs> in a similar way, if that makes sense. So like when I was younger, I'd be like... I like I went through this stage at one point where I just wanted to be normal and like inverted commas and like really wanted to just like vanilla sex and like kind of try and force myself into that box and then but as I've got older I've been like no I should just embrace it and find people who want to do the same things as I do. Do you think that um uh the relationships <laughs> that people have uh which are inclusive of kinky sex um and the kind of attitudes that people have to have have towards sex when they are part of the kink community do you think that that is something that challenges like heteronormativity in the same way that queer identities are often about like pushing back against that um <laughs> not in a way because sometimes you go to kinky events and the guys are really awful and like not inclusive and not supportive and not kind of sex positive and sometimes a bit like over dominant or creepy or so I think sometimes I'm like you don't you don't belong in in a nice inclusive kind of list because you shouldn't be in there <laughs> does that make sense yeah yeah, yeah. um so uh I can't remember what was the question but I, I guess the guess they're like okay so there are obviously so there are there are people who are like not very nice within those spaces <laughs> but I guess maybe if you take that element out of 
um, like a kind of like a kinky identity and a kinky relationship and kinky sex. Do you think that that sex sort of like in and of itself is a challenge towards what we consider to be like heteronormative relationships? It can be because sometimes, for example, you might be doing like kinky stuff, like as a woman doing kinky stuff with a guy and they might not want to... Um, admit that they're into certain things because the norm is not to be into those certain things so for example like some of them really like being pegged but like they don't want to kind of yeah they're forced into a heteronormative way that that's not what straight men like to do but they do like to do that sometimes does that make sense yeah um okay so, so I... sometimes it does challenge heteronormativity sometimes it doesn't like I guess it's like anything it depends on the person and the situation I uh so since the last recording <laughs> have made the editorial decision that like uh I don't know what the listeners which words they'll know and which words oh okay with. so I'm just going to ask you to define every single one of, of them of course so uh pegged oh so pegging is when you fuck someone with a strap on okay. and it's usually um I think it's usually used when it's like female to male, but it could also be like female to female. It could also be even male to male or male to female because they might wear a strap on as well as having a dick. But also, obviously, not every male has a dick. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's <laughs> it's hard to sometimes to define the words with gender words. But yeah. Cool. Okay. Mm. Um so uh, so that was kinky. And then the next one was poly. No, that was pegging. <laughs> so that was, that was oh, pegging. that was kinky so and then, then pegging. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Um, so then the next one is polyamorous. Okay. Um, so what, uh, what do you, how do you define polyamory and being polyamorous? Um, so I basically realised that I don't like the restrictions of having to be totally monogamous all the time um, because it can stop you from acting out on moments that you really want to do in that situation, like in that situation in that moment yeah yeah (laughs) like even like stupid stuff like um like you might just want to like kiss your friend and like you can't because your boyfriend is like no you can't kiss your friend anymore when you go out on night's out (laughs) you're like but I really want to I really want to have that moment with her and it's like I don't think that you should stop people from doing that um, so for you, is polyamory, uh, is that about being able to have relationships with everyone? So I know people who are polyamorous and they have like um, a partner and then they also have other, they have like an open relationship and they have relationships with lots of other people. Um, do you also want to have like one one person who you would maybe refer to as your partner as well as other relationships or? I'm kind of still exploring it, yeah. so... I don't know yet like we'll see what happens and like which people I meet and what they want and that sort of thing I just don't want to have like full monogamy yeah Yeah. so it might be that I end up with a few different people or I have like one main person and then yeah (laughs) who knows doesn't matter um okay so I just I just think it's unrealistic to be like I'm never gonna be like obviously you are attracted to other people but to be like I'm never gonna act on this because a lot of people just cheat anyway and then it's like well you might as well have just had an open relationship or at least have had a more flexible kind of arrangement um do you think it's easy setting up those kind of 
more open relationships have you had like <laughs> positive experiences with that or yeah I mean it's n- it's not really lasted long enough uh, yet to okay. see whether that happens so like I've had it where I had this guy who was in an open relationship and I saw him every now and then um but that it's kind of weird because it's like they have their main partner and then you're kind of like secondary. So it's like, I like it in a way because it's kind of safe because you can't get attached. But then um, it's like you can't see them as often or like you can't be like, oh, let's do this thing all the time because you know that they have a main relationship. Mm. But I th- I feel like it's more like a, a friendship where so like when you... You have lots of different friends that you do lots of different things with. So why can't you have different partners that are kind of from anything from like friendship to romantic to sexual to different combinations of those things? Yeah. That's Does the that thing, make sense? So the thing that I don't really understand is why we consider, I guess, like sex different to anything else. So Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. So like if I can go to the cinema with other people, why can't I yeah. fuck other people? And I feel like in the sort of like traditional, very heteronormative relationship, so this very stereotypical you have a man and a woman and they are like married yeah in a long-term relationship the thing that they have with each other which they don't have with anyone else is that they have they're the only people that they have sex with and then they maybe have like like a house together or they have like shared finances or and responsibilities that sounds terrible (laughs) that sounds like my worst nightmare (laughs) um but then but then like like in that relationship in the like sort of most typical stereotype of that relationship the woman doesn't rely on her male partner for like emotional yeah support like typically she has like female friends yeah that she yeah goes to and, and talks to about those kind of things and so and in that when you have like the kind of emotional relationship that most typically like best girlfriends have that's really involved and you share so much oh yeah totally with yeah them. And people are, like, cool with that. Yeah. But then, like, sleeping with someone? Yeah, it's not okay. It's weird, isn't it, how, like, yeah, you could have that really emotional experience with someone, but then if you were to kiss or do anything else, like, oh, no, that's too far. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. People, I think people are just weird about sex. Like, it's like even the whole sex work thing. So people are like, oh, we should, you know, ban sex work because people get sex trafficked and all that kind of thing. And it's like, that doesn't make sense. So there were people who were trafficked into other, um, other work. <laughs> Sorry, just not to like coffee thing. Um, so like, for example, nail shops, but people aren't going around saying, oh my God, let's ban all nail shops. It's like, whenever there's sex as part of it, people just get weird about it. I don't know why I think, not everyone, but some people are not open or accepting enough about sex yet. But also it's their own insecurities. It's like, oh, if they go off with, if they do that with someone else, are they still going to want to be with me? Kind of thing. Mm. And like, and I also think that like, I don't know, it's kind of like to deny someone to have that experience that they want to have is like a form of possessing someone. And it's kind of, it's not, it's not great. You're not allowing someone to grow and flourish and do their thing if you're if you're putting those restrictions on them. So do you think you've met other people who have the same kind of attitude towards relationships as you? Don't know. <laughs> if you, listeners, if you 
this if you're like oh this makes so much sense you have to have to get in touch yeah no that's not that's not fair i one of one of um my friends i think she thinks a similar thing um but like i know people who who think who kind of agree with what i'm saying they they get that but then they also go yeah but i just get really jealous so i couldn't handle it yeah. so like logically it makes sense but then um emotionally it doesn't make sense to them. I think that makes sense. I think this is definitely one of the things that, in theory, like, does make a lot of sense to me. Uh, but I do worry that were I ever to have that conversation in practice, I have no idea how I would do that. Because um, often it can be quite difficult to like articulate those kind of thoughts, especially when you're worried that the other person like doesn't think the same thing. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, I guess it's kind of like the kinky conversation. It's like, are we on the same page i don't know i'll see how it goes <laughs> it's one of those ones where like i think people feel as if they can't say as much as they actually think because they don't know and then they don't know what the other person's yeah, gonna say and, and then maybe find out all along that they both wanted an open relationship and then yeah, <laughs> they exactly. never did uh, it yeah okay so that was polyamory so the next one is bisexual or pansexual. Yes. So what do both of those words mean to you? And you said that you're sort of like still deciding which one. So what, wh- where are yeah, you? Yeah, so space? when I was like, when I was younger, I was like, I'm definitely bisexual. Um, like from a really young age. Um, and then like kind of told everyone at school. Um, the problem I have is that I don't tend to meet many women who are really kinky in the same way that I am. So I don't tend to have as many experiences with women. Um, but then I really, I'm really attracted to them and I love kissing them. Um, I've just not had a relationship with a woman. So sometimes I feel like, oh, can I call myself bi if I'm not, if I'm yes. not as bisexual as other people? And then I'm like, well, that that's stupid because I know people who, so like, for example, sometimes you get, women who are bisexual but they only have relationships with women and then occasionally have sex with men or are attracted to men or I know one woman who identifies as bisexual and has never even been with another woman so it's like it's weird how people kind of like expect you to have proof of like your sexuality and what you've done with it and like you feel like oh maybe I'm not bi because I'm not as bi as people want me to be or so I don't know. So I'm still kind of trying to work out where I am with it. And like, um, I think it's just easier to date guys, really. That's the problem. Because there's just so many straight guys <laughs> waiting for <laughs> women <laughs> to come to them. Whereas um, it's quite hard to meet women who also like women and then also like the same things that I like. And yeah. It's quite funny because a lot of the women that I know, <laughs> they're like, bisexual but it's just so much easier to date women that's so funny like yes there are like fewer of them but then they turn out to they're less likely to turn out to be awful yeah no no I agree with that and like like, I'm totally (laughs) (laughs) would say that that would be great because I've had so many awful men um but yeah it's just hard for me to find that like that sexual tension with that conflict and that kind of but also really liking each other at the same time yeah um I could I tend to like meet a woman be like oh my god she's so attractive and then just become really good friends with her so (laughs) yeah and is there a bit where like if you become really good friends does that make it harder to be attracted to them sexually yes yeah that happens to me 
I think a narrow window. I think I have like a. So I was reading this book called How to Think More About Sex by Alain de Botton. And like it really made sense for me um, because he talks about how like the closer you get to someone, the more it's like familial love, the less you want to have sex with them. So I was like, oh, that makes so much sense because that's been happening to me my whole life. But I think I am more easily um, into... I get more easily into that situation than some people. I can desexualize someone more quickly, but I think that's because it's really hard for me to be really sexually into someone anyway, and it's such a specific feeling that I have to have that it's it's quite easy to go away. Yeah. I think I've always had the... Does like, that make sense? <laughs> it does. I think that my experience is like the literal opposite. So people start <laughs> off not in any way attractive to you and, and then, then like the more that I get to know them uh and the more like the closer like I am to them and the more I guess the more that I trust them then that changes the way that's that so I so like interesting so it's, it, I think it's like the little opposite I feel like them it has happened to me before I've met someone and initially not been attracted to them and got to know them and started to fancy them but maybe more like in a, in a random work situation or friend of a friend or something like that. But in terms of like, if you're dating someone or something romantic, I don't know, or if you're initially attracted to them, then over time it will decrease a lot for me. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Un- unless we kind of like keep that kind of like competitive vibe. <laughs> I'm just really fucked up basically. <laughs> So, yeah, well, I so think, I don't know. I think that's an interesting, because you seem to, like, you have clearly thought about all of this a lot. I've, like, literally, in the last year, probably year, or even the last few months or few weeks, have thought more about all of this than ever, at any time ever, probably. I'm, like, as I get older and older, I'm kind of finding out more about myself and what I want and what I think. But I think, so I, I, I think that a phrase like, I'm really fucked up, like, <laughs> given, given how well you are able to articulate like what you want and why you think that that is the case I think it's just that like yeah I mean obviously I'm kind of joking but like I do sometimes think like why why do I have to hate someone to be sexually attracted to them and it kind of doesn't seem fair (laughs) like Mm. other people seem to be able to be sexually attracted to people without feeling like that I don't know maybe it's the pheromones I don't know. <laughs> I don't really understand. Like I've, I, but but yeah. But like having said that, I've come to a point where I accept myself and what yeah. I want, and there's kind of no point now trying to change that. <laughs> I yeah. I like I've read a lot about sexual attraction because I have read a lot of studies about same sex attraction, and I don't think anyone really knows. So, like, what it is that yeah. attracts you to someone? Yeah, yeah. There are like studies. It's weird, isn't it? But like none that I have found particularly convincing of the ones that I've read. So, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, like sometimes someone can just walk into a room and you're just like, them, like, oh my God. But like, like you just, I don't know, you just, it's a kind of instinctive emotion that you can't even control. Mm. Uh, okay. So I don't know. So we started this conversation yeah. <laughs> trying to understand how, what, so what do you see as this distinct, going all the way back, the distinction between bisexuality and pansexuality? What do you think is the... Like difference, I don't know. I've just, I guess, I've just read st- more stuff recently. That's like, obviously, um, if you're 
because more people are becoming transgender and um, identifying as non-binary, like if you're bi, that kind of implies that there's there are two distinct genders that you're attracted to. But if you're pan, then you could be attracted to people who identify in, in different ways that are not necessarily just the stereotypical male and female. So um, as I would be open to being attracted to different kinds of people that makes sense do you see what I mean yeah but I guess I think they're quite interchangeable nowadays like bi pan yes people yeah I think a lot of people use bisexual to mean like yeah like anyone like yeah yeah (laughs) so yeah um okay and then the final one was asexual oh yeah I feel like we already covered that within the kind of realms of yeah maybe so conversation could, could you could you just give us what you consider to be a definition of asexual so um so people who are like really asexual feel like almost little or no sexual attraction or sexual desire but there's a whole spectrum so i'm probably more gray sexual or what's the other one called demisexual, demisexual yes <laughs> um which is kind of like yeah like sex is not as big a thing for me um, I am attracted to people, but in a specific way. And uh, so do you think that that's a, like, has that been a, a big thing for you to discover? Yeah, this kind of- yeah. Because this whole time I was like, why don't I like it when people touch my pussy? <laughs> or like, I don't know. Like, why do I find it? Why do I not react to it the way that other people do? Um Oh, like, why am I grossed out by porn? Like, I find porn really disgusting. But yet, I find, like, sexy scenes in in movies really hot because all the nudity and sexual acts are kind of implied rather than explicitly out there. Um, Yeah. It's weird because I'm, like, on the one hand, like, really not grossed out by things. But then on the other hand, I'm, like... I don't know, like everyone doing all those like sex things all over each other. It is kind of like, oh, <laughs> it's really hard to explain. Um, like I don't even like I'm really weird about saliva. Like I don't like it when people spit on each other or like when there's like loads of saliva on your genitals and people licking you and it's just all a bit gross. So <laughs> it's funny you put it like that. <laughs> but I know that lots of people are really into that. So like. Yeah, but I, I think, think even the people who are really into it wouldn't be like, and just everyone licking it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm not really into genitals that much, but if I'm really attracted to someone, then I'm more into it. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if I, it takes a lot for me to be really... Yeah. Yeah. And so this part of you, is that something that you started to understand when you discovered like terms like demisexual yeah yeah and I think it is like I said it is linked to the kinky thing in that I mostly want to do kinky stuff and then if we do a bit of sex that's okay and um I think the thing is is that when I've had sex with men like you can kind of like just fuck them for like 10 minutes at the end and it's like that's just uh, whereas you Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. And you can do loads of the kinky stuff, whereas with women, obviously, it takes a long time to make a woman come, and like, including myself. Um, and I think when I've had sex with women, there's been more emphasis on the sex and not the kinkiness. And that's why I haven't enjoyed it as much or had maybe had relationships with women. So it kind of like, like realizing that I'm on the asexuality, that I have some asexuality has helped me better understand the bisexuality. That's very cool. Uh, my <laughs> next question, we now have like seven minutes to do. Uh, the next question is, um, so when did you first come out like to yourself not to other people like first start to understand these things so it sounds like you didn't come to understand all of these different parts of your identity at the same time yeah I'd say that's true yeah so do you remember kind of like the order that it happened in I think it probably went bisexual kinky um poly asexual (laughs) so Based on like literally just my own experience of the world and no actual data or evidence, the order that you put them in kind of sounds like um like the how or- popular they've become <laughs> in the mainstream. Yeah, like the order in which you would have access to the information. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, that um, totally makes sense. Because particularly speaking of your like experience of asexuality, that sounded like something like maybe you could have realised it. Yeah, exactly. I just didn't really know that it was a thing. And there wasn't as many yeah, resources to learn about it and and that it's not just and that it is more of a spectrum and it kind of um, it can relate to kinkiness as well, because there are a lot of people who are kinky asexual as well. So um, and do you think that uh, some parts of your identity have like informed or caused or created other parts or do you think that uh they're like correlated because they come from kind of like the same kind of yeah place. I think they're all linked together um so has like understanding one helped you to understand yeah so yeah totally anything else other so you, you apart from the, the yeah 
yeah so for example um like being kinky is like so say you were you were in a relationship and there were certain kinks that one person didn't want to do then maybe you could do them with someone else and that would kind of explain the poly kind of thing or um for example like when I've been in relationships relationships can't say the word relationships <laughs> when I've been in relationships with men and then I've like still wanted to kind of like kiss women or sometimes have experiences with them um it's like when you're only in a monogamous relationship with a man then you miss out on women too so that kind of makes sense as well like the poly and bi thing I think that's really interesting because I've heard other bisexual people talk about before how a difficulty that they have found with their bisexuality is that when they're in the when they're in monogamous relationships they always feel as if they're denying themselves like one part of yeah yeah, yeah. so maybe that's not like a part of their bisexual bisexuality but maybe it's like like if there was a Venn diagram, like the intersection of being poly bisexual. and bi, like, yeah, because I think because so, I think some people would say no, like it, if you're with that one person, then you're missing out on all men and all women. So it's not like why would you then need to have one of either gender like on the side? But um, yeah, I think that there are also people like me who would be like, oh, but I'm missing out on. I feel like if I did ever have a relationship with a woman I'd probably miss men a bit I mean probably be grateful not to have to deal with them so much <laughs> but um so I would probably want to also sometimes have experiences with men do you think that your polyamory is connected to your demisexuality don't know that's probably maybe they're the furthest away from yeah. each other <laughs> in the venn diagram of sexualities because i don't see how i don't know how that would make sense hmm. i guess <laughs> i don't know like i'm not obviously not going to say that this is your experience but i guess i could see it as being like uh when if you have a particular kind of demisexual experience like a lot of that is about your sexuality being tied to specific places where you feel comfortable. And then polyamory also a large part of that is about being like open and honest in your relationships in terms of what you want and what the limits that you want from people are. So particularly with the way that you've described your sexuality, where you are attracted to people up until the point where they get like very familiar to you. Yeah. <laughs> then having like lots of relationships. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh my God. Sexual. That's totally, <laughs> you've just like nailed it. <laughs> Your maths phone has figured it out. <laughs> so maybe if I have lots of relationships that don't get too close and we don't get married and have children, gross, <laughs> um, then like, then it keeps that unfamiliarity a little bit and that excitement and that newness. Yeah, maybe they're all just linked together. But it's like, it's weird how, like <laughs> I don't know you're just the project of that your own sexuality and it's so complicated but it also makes sense I think that like wow this has been a revelation for me <laughs> like I've learned so much about myself I feel like having like having had this conversation with you myself and then I imagine like basically everyone a lot of the time people pick a word and this this is also I think you can see it in some of the interviews that I've done with people who are um uh, for example, a trans woman and a lesbian. Um, so basically, the people that I've talked to about more than one identity, they definitely yeah. do seem they link together. Like linked, but yeah, then I feel like some people maybe they're like, I have to have one thing. 
and then they try to find the one that best fits them. But actually what they want is four or five different Yeah, yeah, things. I think it, well, it's all, <laughs> it's just too difficult to pick one sometimes. I think for some people, yes, you can just pick one. <laughs> But apparently not for me. I just have to have all the <laughs> all the identities. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, but like it, it's it's weird because some people don't like to be put into boxes, so they don't like to give themselves labels. And I understand that. Like I understand how that can be restrictive. But I also have found that sometimes giving labels or at least a word that you can then research and think about can help you better understand yourself and not feel so weird because you're like, oh, there are other people who identify in a similar way. Okay, so uh, lots of things to, that we have been talking about. Um, do you remember the first time that you came out and how you came out and who it was to? So um, when I was a teenager, probably about 13, I actually did tell my mum that I was bisexual, but then she kind of forgot about it and... Um, we didn't really talk about it after that and but I, I mean if you want to know a good story later I can tell you well, yeah, the, so we'll, we'll, the second I'll story you. of that okay uh should we save that one for the <laughs> yeah, yeah but then after that I like went to school and I think I just told people like that I was bi and then people were like I think one girl at school was like oh are you gonna fancy me and I was like no <laughs> And the, but then this other girl at the same time had come out as bisexual, um, which I guess c- kind of made it easier. But I think, I think because the way the world is, it's like so heteronormative that people are like, when you come out as bi, they're like, like guys are still like, oh well, at least they'll still sleep with me, and like it's more like a oh it's a trendy Angelina Jolie type thing. It, it wasn't. I don't think it was that difficult. Does that make sense? Yeah. In this, in the way that I think it would be much more difficult to come out as a lesbian or as a gay man. Um, so it was, it was just like one of the. I don't know. It wasn't like a a really big thing. And then in terms of the uh, <laughs> the other things. Yes. So do you, I like? I'm actually very <laughs> unfamiliar with uh, like the kink community. Do you come out as kinky? Is that like? A, is it the same? I think it's more like when you're with someone you have to have that conversation and sometimes I've not had that conversation straight away and sometimes I've had it straight away and because I've now realized that it's based on it's very related to how I'm also attracted to someone and then I want them to be attracted back in the same way then it kind of is something that has to be done pretty soon if that makes sense yeah um so do you remember the first time that you had to have that kind of conversation? Um, yeah, I think it was when I was about 16. I was dating this guy at college and I was at his house and I asked him to tie me up and he tied me up with some Arsenal scarves. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he like went down on me um, and because I wasn't used to it, I was like, oh, this is really ticklish. But it wasn't like pleasurable in the way that I now know what pleasure is, if that makes sense. Um, and he kind of ruined it a bit because he kept saying, have you come yet? Have you come yet? So um, <laughs> that wasn't good. But but I I remember like wanting more kinky stuff to happen, but not being able to articulate that to him. Um, 
and then um, we broke up <laughs> like a few weeks later. You know, we went together very long. But I remember when we first got together, I'd said to him, oh, that I really enjoyed the episode um, of Buffy the Vampire Slayer where Spike and Buffy have sex the first time and they're like fighting and then they just start fucking in the like, in this building. Have you seen it? Uh, if it's, yes, I think so. The building all falls down and I was like, oh, it's so hot. And he was just like, no. <laughs> like, didn't get it at all. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Um. <laughs> okay, so you uh, didn't really have like, the right kind of like words, do you think? Or do you think that you yourself didn't really know? Yeah, I think I was still, yeah, discovering like what I wanted and, and how to express that to other people. Do you think that like uh, the kind of conversation around polyamory is more similar to the conversation about kinks, where it's like a person personal conversation that you have with the people that you are going to have relationships with? Yeah, yeah, because... Yeah, but um, I mean, I've not had many opportunities to have that because whatever I've been doing hasn't lasted very long. <laughs> well, that's um, a sad way of putting it. Yeah, <laughs> but but that I mean, the thing is, is as well, is that I don't even know if I want to be in a relationship again. So like, it's weird because polyamory is kind of like being single. It's like you just don't really commit to it anybody but you um, have like more clearly defined boundaries with the people that you are interacting with yeah I guess yeah but I also think that when you're inverted commas single and you're seeing someone where like for sex or whatever this sh there should sometimes be there should be more conversations like people should yeah. have more um like this is what I expect from you this is what I see this as, this is how often I would like to see each other. Because sometimes you end up in a thing and then they treat you really shit and you're like, this is not what I wanted. Um, I just think everyone needs to talk to each other more about what they want. And and it's fine if the other person doesn't want the same thing, but then at least you've had that conversation. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard to ask for what you want, but it shouldn't be. No. I think if more people had more practice at it, it would be a lot easier. Yeah. Um, yeah. So where in your life are you out? Um, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> well, like, you do the, you do a lot of performing. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So like, the I think so. The only people who don't really know stuff. So, like, my mom knows that I'm by obviously well she did know before then she forgot then we had another conversation which is coming she also knows that I'm a stripper um I d like hopefully she doesn't know that I'm kinky <laughs> I don't feel the need to tell her that I'm poly or <laughs> asexual um spectrum but like and then all my friends like know pretty much everything so like if they don't know it's not because it's a secret it's just because Hasn't we, it hasn't come up or they haven't been to one of my gigs or we've just not talked about it or whatever. Like, I'm quite open with people that I just meet or people that I know um, in terms of, like, work. Like, sometimes I don't tell normal jobs straight away that I'm a stripper, but, but now I've kind of decided that people need to accept that, if that makes sense. So, like, I was working for a youth theatre and I didn't tell them at first... And then I started to slowly tell people and then I invited like my manager to a gig and then told a joke about it. And she was like, oh, that's great. And I was like, I 
need to stop like presuming people's reactions to things and that you um what's the word you perpetuate the stigma if you then also have a stigma about it for yourself but I also understand why some people don't want to tell others what they do so I'd say that like in that life like comedy friends everything but then in terms of like so are my other family they don't know everything so like oh, they might do this is the thing like because I have mentioned it on my blog and I do post my blog on Facebook but like my mum's not on Facebook but some of my uncles and aunties and cousins are but and a lot of them are quite religious but I think they're just so they just don't really talk about it but like I would feel I don't know I feel like I can't sit at a family thing and be like oh yeah I was working at the strip club the other night or like I think if I like was if I said oh I've got a girlfriend now they might be like oh really um no that's not true I think my cousin does know actually she I told her about that but um they d I also feel like they don't need to know like the kinky stuff or maybe maybe the poly stuff if I had like two partners maybe they would need to know I don't know and the thing is is like the thing about my mum is like she is quite open herself but she cares so much about what other people think of her it's like she doesn't want me to tell everyone like particularly the stripping thing um the like the buy thing I'll tell you the story in a minute <laughs> but um I think she doesn't want me to tell her family that either and it's like there might like I hate the way parents think that um your life choices or your not, choices or sexualities or whatever like reflect on them does that make sense because it's yeah. like it's not you but they they always like feel ashamed about it and like sometimes I think oh like because obviously I do stand up and I have a blog and like like if I get more well known like she's going to find out what I write on my blog and she's going to find out about all the kinky sex and she's like really not going to like it. But it's like, it's not, it's not for her. Like this is my life. So it's kind of hard to kind of juggle that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, when you, so you, you talk quite a lot, you talk very openly about this kind of thing in your comedy. Yeah. Was that like a conscious decision or was that just a, I'm going to write comedy about my life and this is my Yeah, life? I just have always written jokes about things that have happened to me all my life so it just comes out I'm like oh I'll write a joke about this oh, I'll do that so like um yeah I don't really understand how people make up stories because like some comedians like make up stuff and like yeah all right I just feel like is your life so boring that you can't write <laughs> jokes about it I don't know I just find it so much easier and authentic to write about true stuff that's happened to me or true experiences or feelings that I've had um yeah so that's just how I do it <laughs> do you think that you have like through the process of, of comedy writing do you think that you've learned more about your identity by like trying to write those jokes um I don't know it's weird because like literally like a couple you know about a month ago is when I started thinking about the asexual thing maybe maybe a bit longer and then like about two weeks ago I just wrote a joke about it and I and the and the joke like a couple of the jokes that I wrote expressed exactly how I just how I felt it was just like even though it's a joke it was like this is 
what I think about the world. So it's like, I don't know if it, yeah, I guess it helps to to clarify. It's like they're, they're both interconnected. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, so the next question is, uh, do you have any particularly good or bad coming out stories? Now there is, you definitely have <laughs> I definitely have a story. So basically, um, my mum blocked out the fact that I told her I was bi when I was 13. And then about 20 years later, on my 33rd birthday... Um, oh, sorry, we're going to have to pause. H- how old are you? I'm 33. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> I know I don't look no, 33. No, close. <laughs> I realise, um, listeners. Is a yeah, I mean, if you haven't googled me yet, I look about twenty-five. So. Yeah, twenty-four <laughs> was going to be my guess. So, yeah. Um. So because um I'd only had relationships with men, um I hadn't really introduced my mum to any women or talked about having sex or kind of attraction to women since that teenage thing. Um. So we just it just never came up really, and then. On my birthday, I was like, she was like, oh, where were you last night? And I was like, at my friend's house. And she was like, it was really weird. She was just like asking me weird questions. She was like, I was at woman. I was like, yeah. She was like, where did you sleep? I was like, I slept in her bed. And she was like, oh. She was like, did you do anything? And I was like, no. And then she just acted really weird about it. And then I was like, do you know what? I'm going to like address this and challenge this. I was like, do you know what? Actually... We did have sex once, but it wasn't for me. Turns out I'm asexual. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't, you know, say that then because I didn't know that then. Um, but, you know, we're still really good friends. And, um, yeah, and she was just like, what? And I was like, yeah. Um, and then she got really upset. And I was like, this is just really funny being in the V&A museum. <laughs> like... Telling my mum that I'm by on my 33rd birthday. Um, and then she was like, oh, but it's really disgusting. And I was like thinking, but you don't have to do it. Like, why is that up to you? And then also kind of thinking sex is a bit disgusting and I'm a bit confused about that. But like, let's just leave that. I'll address that next, like in six months time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then... And then she and then she kind of like went to the toilet and then she came back. And I think I said to her, look, I know you're quite, actually quite open minded. If you think about this, I don't know why you would have a problem. And then she was like, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm fine. <laughs> like, it's OK. <laughs> so she went from like being really upset to five minutes later, just being like, OK, no worries. <laughs> um, but then she was like, oh, but you prefer men, don't you? And I was like, well, I do like tend to go for men more, but that doesn't like mean that you shouldn't be okay with this and like I want to know that if I was ever in a relationship with a woman that you would be okay with that and she was like yeah okay I would be okay with that um and then she was like but don't tell anyone like the family and stuff and I was like oh it's too late for that (laughs) I've already told my cousin um and then we kind of like didn't talk about it ever again so it's a good example of <laughs> being like explicit and open about what you want from someone else though yeah like telling your mom that was yeah yeah like yeah you need to be okay with this um yeah I mean and I, and I was just really confused because I was like but you knew yeah. yeah so I was like and she was like oh no I didn't I was like yeah we had this conversation when I was a teenager and she was like oh and I was like and I also just kind of assumed that she'd 
I don't know. I think because when people meet me, because I'm so open about stuff, I think people just assume that I've like been with men and women. Like it's like one of those, I'm one of those people where they're like, yeah, she just, that's just Carmen. She's just like, do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I forget that my mum doesn't know me in that way. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. I think often with parents, like <coughs> the first first thought is to panic and then Oh, and then she was like um, talking about how there was this woman on like is it Strictly Come Dancing or something Susan Kalman no um. no uh, not Alexa Chung someone like that who like said that she was bi and then she was like and then she wasn't in the papers as much anymore she wasn't on TV as much anymore or something and I was like I was like what century are you living in mum I was like that that it might not be to do with that and even if it is that's not a reason to not be open about your sexuality because some people might discriminate against you because of it then that's their problem like if that makes sense yeah yeah <laughs> so that was that and this all happened in the vna yes <laughs> it was, yeah i was like this is a good story <laughs> it is a good story absolutely um, okay, so that's uh, and my dad's dead, so it never came out to him. <laughs> okay. Um, so I was going to say <laughs> that brings us to a final question, but that, that brings us to a final question. Uh, final question, which is: um, so, what does coming out mean to you? Um, I don't know. Just I guess being like totally open with who you are. Um to people that you do know or you don't know and sometimes it's really easy and sometimes you don't need to have that conversation and sometimes you do Thank you so much for listening. Um, you've been listening to me, Karis Bradley. I'd like to say a couple of thank yous to the other people who've worked on this project. So Alex Lathbridge, who has helped with the hosting of the podcast and also the compiling of, of the music that you've heard, um, and to Scary Boots for creating our incredible artwork. Please subscribe, review, tell your friends, spread the word. Um, and if you want to get involved and be interviewed on the podcast, then there's a link um, on the website and in the bio of our, our Twitter. So there's a little form that you can fill out. I hope you have a lovely day. Um, so if you have enjoyed this interview and would like to see you come and perform, where can people come see you perform? Um, so if you go to my website, it's just carmenalley.com. You can see my gig lists and my social media. You can read my blog. You can read about figging, find out what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, have a great time you can read my blog post called um, fucking foreplay and heteronormativity which I think would be of interest and relevant <laughs> you know our listeners um, there'll be a link to uh, this website in the place where you got your uh, in the description of where you got the podcast from so uh, you can either find it carmenalley.com or just go back to where you got the podcast whilst you're there leave us a review um, that would be nice because no one does. Uh, but I'm pretty sure that people like it. So maybe you could tell us formally. That would be appreciated. 
Um, okay, that's it. Done. Thanks. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.